This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Aloha, spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange, a paranormal pop culture show with the Denna Geek Network, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. I am your host, journalist, author, researcher of weird things, Aaron Sagers. I also appear as host of the Netflix series 28 Days Haunted and on the Travel Channel and Discovery Plus series Paranormal Caught on Camera. And let's face it, it seems like every day we have more stories coming out about UFO or UAP, if you prefer, and it's showing up in the media and and credible media, reliable media, uh, not just fringe parts of the website, which, hey, look, I'm I enjoy those those uh, fringy parts of the web of, of the internet as well, uh, and so these reputable sources are picking up on these stories. We're getting congressional reports. Last year, 2022 was a big year in UFO news, and already, just a month in, it seems like we already have a ton of big stories that are happening with this topic. So, to talk about the year that was in UFOs and the year ahead, I have my guest, and I want you to get your questions ready for him because he is Ryan Sprague. He's a re- regular on Ancient Aliens and Beyond the Unknown on Travel Channel. He was also the lead investigator and co-host of Mysteries Decoded on the CB- CW Network. He is the author of Somewhere in the Skies, A Human Approach to the UFO Phenomenon, which was recently implemented into required reading for college courses at Webster University and Mercyhurst University. And the book hit number one on bestsellers list on Amazon in 2021. As a result, he is also the creator and host of the Somewhere in the Skies podcast, which hit number one on Apple Podcast. And his research finds him interviewing witnesses, scientists, military defense folks, uh, and and even uh, celebrities like Reggie Watts, the musician. Um, and he has been featured on ABC News, Fox News, 7 News Australia, and a consultant for Amblin Entertainment. So without further ado, let me go ahead and bring my friend in, Ryan. Hey, man. Aaron, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. It's been an a, a, uh, exciting year for UFOs. It has been, and uh, and I'm, I'm super excited to be talking about this with you of all people. I mean, I guess just a little bit of background like how long have we known each other like maybe about 10 years maybe more than 10 years it's been a while yes i distinctly remember first meeting you at a ufo conference appropriately and we were smoking cigars so sounds about right yeah 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 (laughs) i i think that was in uh arizona outside of phoenix uh way back when that's right well uh congratulations on the success of somewhere in the skies podcast of course also the book i i think before we get into these stories just for folks that are less familiar with your work talk about a human approach to the ufo phenomena what that what that means to you yeah sure i mean you know when people think of ufos our minds always go right to that that little gray alien you know or little green man as it used to be called and you know for me growing up uh in new york i was always going to new york city and seeing uh broadway plays and stuff like that and I ended up catching the acting bug, the writing bug, and uh, I became a playwright in New York City. That was my profession for a really long time. But, you know, I had also always had this tangential life as a UFO researcher. So I, I was wondering, you know, how could I mix these worlds together? So I took what I learned in my playwriting life, you know, focusing on people, on characters. And when you go see a play you're seeing the most pivotal moment of someone's life. They're, they're being changed. Uh, something is uh, pivotal in that moment, and that's why we're watching a play. So I thought, hey, you know, UFOs can be that for people too. When they have a UFO sighting or experience, 
it's a life altering experience for people. So I thought I'm going to focus on that, the quote unquote characters or the people. So that's when I decided to go all over the country, uh, actually the world at this point and interview people in all walks of life who've seen UFOs, who've claimed close encounters and not so much, you know, how big was a craft or, you know, what color was it or what date did it happen on? But, um, how to make you feel, how to change you, what, what were your beliefs before? What were your beliefs after? So, um, that's kind of the approach I've taken a very human approach to possibly an alien phenomenon. And that's been my ufology for a while now. And I, I can, I can claim a little bit of, uh, a, a special bit of pride because I think for the first edition of the book, I, I was a, a blurb on that one, right? I wrote a blurb. You were. You were yeah. a blurb on the back cover. I was so <laughs> honored, dude. I was so nervous to reach out to you back then in my young, naive UFO oh, days. But you were you were so kind. And that blurb, that was uh, extremely flattering, to say the least. So well, I mean, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it and, and so happy with the success of the podcast and the continued success of the book. So as far as, let's let's look back a little bit. You know, we're still sort of early in 2023, so I think it warrants a look back on 2022 and some of the biggest stories to come out of the UFO UAP world. Uh, you know, there was a lot like, you know, on on May 17th, the uh, Congress held the first open panel on the phenomenon more than 50 years. Was that the biggest news or what do you think were the the headliners for 2022? That was pretty big. Like you said, this is the first congressional UFO hearing in in a long time. The last time this happened, Gerald Ford was the one to implement this. You know, this was back during the days of Project Blue Book and them saying stuff with swamp gas and, and making up all these ridiculous excuses for what people were, quote unquote, misidentifying in the skies. And he was mad and he said, I don't believe what the U.S. Air Force is telling me or the public. I want to get people on the floors of Congress to talk about this. And that's kind of what we saw happen this year. You know, ever since 2017, and you and I have discussed this, uh, the world changed when it comes to UFOs. Uh, the government's taking it seriously again. The public refuses to just let them slide by and say no comment or, or deny these things are happening. They're happening. And they're admitting that UFOs exist. So what we saw this year was a huge push within Congress to get the government, uh, you know, the intelligence agencies, the Department of Defense, to really look at this as a serious possible national security issue, but a, a mystery for all humankind as well. So, yeah, man, seeing UFOs talked about on the congressional floor was definitely one of the highlights of 2022, I'd say. Well, and I know we spoke about it on this show uh, immediately after the the panel took place in May. Now, we were getting an immediate reaction. So nine months out after this, do you think that congressional report, what was sort of the lasting impact of it? Was it, uh, as some have claimed, in your opinion, a nothing burger? Or do you think that maybe some of the things said and some of the things not said actually created a ripple effect? You know, more than anything really coming out of the congressional hearing itself, I think you're right. I think the aftermath of it, the reaction to it, is kind of what has led to uh, what I'm sure we'll talk about is this new office that just opened within the Department of Defense called Arrow. Um, it was. It was a nothing burger. You know, you could tell that it was the early days of the Department of Defense looking at this phenomenon seriously uh, for the first time in a long time. And uh, kind of not having any clue what was going on. I think they looked at something like 100 or, excuse me, 300 cases, and they were only able to explain like 140 of them. Or I'm probably getting those numbers all mixed up, but it was something very alarming. And I think the public took notice and said, whoa. That's a lot of unsolved cases by the government that's supposed to be looking after us and looking after us uh, with, with national security uh, issues of not knowing what these things are. So, um, yeah, I think it was the the after effect and and Congress members really pushing them to continue to look at this seriously uh, that we're going to see ultimately play out in 2023. It was interesting with that panel that it was. 
One of the almost rare instances, very rare instances these days of bipartisan um, effort and panel taking place because both parties were saying, what the hell is going on here? And it seems like you may not know what's going on here to the um, to the uh, the Department of Defense. The and and even some of the questioning about um, activity that's been reported around uh, nuclear uh, armament sites, right? And they yeah. seemed like we're going to have to check into that, as if they didn't know even what was being referenced. <laughs> Very alarming. You know, you had Representative uh, Gallagher, I believe it was, say uh, they they said, you know, we don't know anything about these nuclear incursions of UFOs over nuclear sites. Um, uh, but yeah, if you know who we should talk to about that, let us know. And then Gallagher told them. Well, you're the people investigating UFOs. You should you should be the ones telling us. And uh, look, they're taking a proactive approach. They really are, Aaron. Um, I think they were kind of made to look like fools, the heads of this new Arrow office, and um, didn't really shine them in a good light. And now we're seeing that members that have been involved with these nuclear UFO incursions, uh, individuals such as Robert Salas, who was part of the famous Maelstrom UFO incident where a UFO went over a nuclear base, shut the weapons down. Uh, terrifying. Uh, he's actually going to be going and testifying in front of this Arrow UFO office within the Department of Defense. So they're taking it seriously. They said, look, we didn't know about it. We want to know about it now. Well, yeah, let's talk a little bit about Arrow. First off, Arrow, A-A-R-O. I feel like they're just, you know, they're encroaching on my name right here. Arrow, <laughs> they're one letter off. But it's, it's the All-Domain do, all Anomaly Resolution Office. And that panel that we mentioned took place in May, and then Arrow was established in July. If you break down a little bit more about what this really is meant to be and why it is notable. I mean, let's face it, there have been other offices established that ended up seem to be like toiling away without really yielding results why is the establishment of arrow actually notable what i think is different about what's going on now is you know in 2017 that big explosive story came out of a top secret ufo program within the pentagon a tip and uh look if there's anything the american public doesn't like it's being lied to or or their government not being transparent. So that kind of uh, pissed a lot of people off, to be completely honest. Uh, congressional members as well, who represent us, the public, the American public, and want the best for us. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they do. And uh, they said, um, you know, once this new group opened, you need to be transparent with the public. You need to let them know what you're doing, what's going on. And uh, that's what we're sort of seeing play out. This new group, Arrow, will have to answer to the public uh, in an unclassified manner and uh, tell us what's going on. And we actually saw that happen a few weeks ago when they released their first report, um, the UAP report, as they call it, that just came out, the 2022 annual report about what they've looked at, how many have been solved, this, that, this, that. So, um I think we're seeing a progression in the transparency and the trust between this group and the public. Yeah, let's let's I mean, we can skip ahead a little bit and then go back to 2022. On January 12th, the uh, Office of the Director of National Intelligence was released the 2022 annual report on UAP. And just a breakdown of the numbers, they listed there was a total of 510 sightings. Now, 144 of those were already documented. And then there were 247 new ones made since the first 2021 report. And 119 reports of events were prior to 2021 that were not included in the initial assessment. So we're talking about like really 366 newly identified reports. And out of that, 171 that are uncharacterized and unattributed. I, am I getting the numbers right on that, Ryan? Yes. And, you know, again, it's a staggering amount. Uh, what What's really cool too, Aaron, is more things are getting reported. 
this was another big thing when Arrow started up is telling their military branches, report these. We know that we've told you not to in the past, or maybe your superiors told you not to report them. We want you to report them. This could be a national security threat and the stigma behind saying I saw a UFO while on duty to the service to the country uh, is something you didn't do. But that has completely changed. The culture has changed within the military to now report these things. And they can actually be reprimanded for not reporting them. So, again, we've come a long way. Yeah, they report this reduced stigma as a result, uh, as a, a reason behind these increased reportings. Anything else notable about this January 12th report? I mean, 171 uncharacterized and unattributed report that is that is pretty staggering mm-hmm. in my opinion that's pretty staggering because that's what's being reported within the military brass and that does not account for civilian and does not account for global um so that alone is staggering to me what else was notable about this report from your perspective well i think it's also good to um to understand that they are explaining a lot of these cases too and, and that's good. You know, uh, we all want that that alien in the flying saucer. I know. But at the end of the day, like, that's not what this group is there to do. They're not there to prove aliens exist or are visiting our planet. They're there to explain away aerial phenomena that could pose a potential threat to the military and ultimately to the public. So I think it's important to to also highlight the good work that they've done in explaining these things, other, you know, whether it's space debris or uh, balloons, or I believe they call them balloon-like entities, which I found pretty interesting. Um, That's good, too. But again, that staggering amount of still uncharacteristic or unexplained, that's what keeps me going as a UFO researcher. So I'm excited to see where this progresses in 2023. Yep. They're coming up with new and interesting ways of saying we don't know what it is. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, now, as far as the, the this is viewed, these 171 uncharacterized reports are viewed by the military brass as a potential national threat because they don't know what it is. Um, R- Ronald Moultrie, the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, said that We've not seen anything that would lead us to believe that any of these objects are of alien origin. So they're still not going there, but they are viewing it as a national threat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, they're not viewing it, but it's still on the table, you know, until it's not. So I think that's 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 the good thing is nothing's off the table. Every UFO is unique like a snowflake, and there'll probably be a different explanation for each and every one of them. But um, yeah, I think it's 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 fun. It's exciting to think of what could be. Yeah. Well, uh, out of in in the end of 2022, December 2022, there was the 2023 National Defense Authorization Act. It was signed into law by President Biden at the end of um, of December, and it requires a joint defense department and uh an odney office to begin investigating all reports dating back to 1945 so we're talking about we're looking at now 80 years worth of material it it sounds a lot like almost covering like like covering the ground a lot of the ground that blue book project blue book covered and then some Mm -hmm. as um, is this the right read on this and why is this worth mentioning this is huge in my opinion this is some of the best news i think was this bill signed into into law basically and we do have many u.s representatives to thank for that on both sides of the aisle for putting this language in the bill and getting the government to retroactively look at cases that have happened the maelstrom nuclear case that i mentioned earlier or roswell even i mean Back to 1945, Roswell was in 1947. So it is possible that we could find out finally what happened at Roswell. I'm not holding my breath, but anything is possible. So I think that retroactive approach and going back and looking at historical cases could also help them explain some of these more current cases as well. You know, we always look to the past 
to kind of propel us into the future. And uh, I think it's awesome. It, it's really exciting. There was a lot of really positive stuff to come out of this bill. Yeah, I was I was pretty shocked by this one because we are of such the attitude a lot of times of, well, what's what's done is done. Leave it in the past, you know, dead and buried. But the fact that we're kind of reopening some of these files, it's it's just immensely impressive. And applying scientific knowledge that we have in 2023 and looking at something that may have happened in 1945, it's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible stuff that we might be yielding as a result of that. And now that that report won't be coming until 2024, but it means that the work, it's June 2024, I believe, but it means the work has begun now. It means that mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be happening for a year and a half, and then we'll hopefully get that um, as much declassified as as possible. The uh, What were some of the other stories that come out of 2022 that you really sunk your teeth into, found notable? So there were definitely a couple other really interesting things. You finally have NASA getting involved in the UFO game, too. I feel like they kind of had FOMO when all of this was going on. And they're like, hey, we're NASA. We we should totally be a part of this. So they actually uh, created a group, a study group of 16 individuals who are going to also be investigating UFOs through the purview of NASA. And what's important about this one, Aaron, is it's not military cases. While the Department of Defense and Arrow are looking at strictly military incursions, NASA is going to be retroactively going back in their files, looking at all these weird space anomalies, you know, that we've seen, we've all watched at like three in the morning on YouTube, you know, stuff like that, and trying to understand and decipher these things from a scientific perspective, not so much as a national security threat, but scientifically, what could the maneuvers and the the display of these UAP or UFOs playing out in space or even in you know, our atmosphere, what could they tell us about what we could do with our own technology? Uh, so this is cool. It started back in October of 2022, and it is going to be for nine months. So sometime this spring or early summer, uh, we're going to get whatever this group came out with. And this goes for civilian UFO cases as well, not just military. So uh, I think this is awesome. We've got, you know, DOD doing their thing, NASA doing their thing. Uh, there's other groups that I, I can mention in 2023 that are popping up that are going to be looking at stuff. But um, this is exciting for me that NASA is finally getting in on the UFO game. Yeah, it seems like listening to we have we have sort of the government bodies on one hand and then we have the MUFONs and other groups out there on the civvy side. Is this NASA program, NASA investigation, is that the closest we've come so far to merging the civilian and government look into these things? I think so. You know, they they are working in tandem with the government. They are funded, you know, partially by the government as well. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense. Uh, but I do think so. I mean, when you look at the team members for this NASA group, you have civilian ufo researchers who i know personally have worked with mufon uh that are on this board on this study group you have physicists you have um you've got uh, astrophysicists you got every kind of scientist you could think of coming in from all different angles to try to attack this mystery and these phenomena and these anomalies so uh yeah i think we're finally seeing a convergence of civilian and government, and uh, I can't wait to see what comes of it. Well, speaking of of sort of the civilian element to it, we have a question from uh, folks that are watching us live, and there's a larger volume of commercial flights versus military ones. Has the FAA made any intriguing statements? Are there commercial pilots reporting incidents? And I would say that is a question I want you to answer, but also, is there a sense within the commercial airline industry of reducing stigma about reporting this these phenomena as well? To an extent, uh, you know, I think the stigma shed very quickly 
in the military because when you get orders, you follow them. But in the civilian aviation world, it, it, it's still, you know, a trickle down effect. I think a lot of the pilots are inspired and empowered now to come forward. Uh, but uh, I, I think it's it's been a slow progression. Uh, however, to kind of answer uh, their question there, you have someone like former Navy pilot uh, Ryan Graves, who was part of the, uh, you know, the go fast in the gimbal videos that came out back in 2017. He was on the East Coast when those events happened. Uh, you have him in the UFO game now uh, looking at this stuff too. And he's working with the FAA and also with um, this group, the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics. And he actually helped create this thing called the UAP Integration and Outreach Committee. So this is now a committee where civilian pilots can go to to report their UFO sightings, which we have never had before. So really exciting, something I am really looking forward to in 2023 as well. So I hope that answers their question and, and I hope it inspires more pilots to come forward. Yeah, and then you also just have the element of people on board of, of these commercial aircraft, each of them carrying a smartphone and a camera in their pockets that are documenting the phenomena that they're seeing off of the wings. Maybe sometimes it's just a meteorological anomaly or another plane or various, but there is a abundance of video captures taking place out there. Absolutely. You know, in the age of cell phones, this is huge. It helps a lot. We're now getting so many civilian pilots or even, you know, passengers on these planes finding these things, capturing them. And, and it's awesome. Um, it's a little scary, too. These are threats to civilian pilots and, and planes as well. I mean, I had a case that I was looking at a few months ago where a commercial flight had to make a negative G nosedive to look out for a UFO that was coming at it. Flight attendants were injured during this event. Um, the passengers were terrified. Pilots didn't know what to do. And uh, this is a aviation safety thing as well. So they have to be reported. There's somewhere to do it now. And um, if anything, it's hopefully going to save some lives. What are some of the other big stories from last year that you think really kind of capped the year of UAP UFO? Well, I should mention, I, uh, you know, as you can tell by my accent, I am American. However, I do live in the UK now. And uh, when I moved here recently, I became part of a group called UAP Media UK. Uh, this is an organization that was created by uh, people throughout the United Kingdom who want the British media to take this topic seriously, like it is now in the United States. And you don't see that here as often. You know, the BBC will maybe do a little article every now and again, but if it's on TV, it's with the X-Files music behind it, or you've got the snark still. Um, but things have changed dramatically in the United States. So what we're trying to do here now in the UK is get the mainstream media to take the topic seriously. And in doing so, uh, the group that I work with, UAP Media UK, we actually broke a pretty big story back in 2022 about a case that happened in uh, Scotland, of all places, where I actually live now. And uh, some of your viewers and listeners might know it as the Calvine UFO. Are you familiar with that case at all, Aaron? Uh, a little bit, yes. And this was this is a big deal. I'm I'm going to. Can I post the picture uh, in this feed right oh, now? Or yeah, absolutely, please. So I and for folks that are not listening to this live, I will, we'll we'll post this on Instagram if if uh, Ryan is good with that. But let's go ahead and show this photo here. And Ryan, why don't why don't you break down what this is, the story behind this, and why this is so remarkable? I mean, it looks remarkable. It's, you know, in terms of UFO photos, it's pretty clear, you know, we're used to blurs and, you know, dots and, and that stuff. But this is one of the most clear UFO photos uh, to be official. This was officially investigated by the Ministry of Defense in the UK. Uh, back in 1990, this event happened in just outside of Calvine in Scotland on August 4th, 1990. These two guys were out there hiking and they took a photo 
of what you see there, this diamond-shaped craft that was just hovering there effortlessly in the sky and a Harrier jet or some sort of aircraft following it. And they were able to snap this photo and they gave it to the Ministry of Defense. You know, they said, uh, we saw this thing out there. We thought you might want to want to take a look at this. And they did. And nobody saw this photo, Aaron, uh, for over 30 years. This yeah, is classified. This and, went um, missing. Like people have been yes. talking about it. And there's been some kind of bad photocopy. I, I've seen some bad um, uh, pixelated versions of it, but not anything like that. This has been gone for for 30 years. Yes, it, it was lost to the ages. We thought we would never see it. And like you mentioned, yes, we've seen. Um, I even think the ones that were out there were just a drawing. And then that was a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. And um, the Ministry of Defense, they had the photo and they said it would be classified for another like 70 years or something like that. But we actually had a gentleman here in the UK he was a press officer back then with the Ministry of Defense. Uh, he was the one who had the actual copy of the photo. And he had it stuffed away in a folder in his desk for some 30 years. And just decided one day, you know what? Sick of this thing just laying here. I'm sure someone wants to see it. And uh, one of our colleagues at UAP Media UK, Dr. David Clark, he's been digging into this case forever and was able to track down this press officer, you know, through leads and all those, you know, kind of um, cloak and dagger meetings and basements and this and that, track this guy down and he had the photo and he actually gave it to our group to release to the public for the very first time. So finally the world gets to see the Calvine UFO photo. What it is, we have absolutely no idea. Um, can it be explained conventionally? Maybe, uh, but it's still unexplained, and apparently it still is to the Ministry of Defense as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And the thing with this photo is it was taken by, it was two hikers, right, in Scotland that, that were out Correct. when they snapped this. And these hikers, they remain a mystery. We don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. uh, I can comment on that if you'd like. Oh, yeah. well, yes, most certainly, please. <laughs> so we do have the identity of at least one of the, the individuals. Uh, members of our group do. We are diligently working on that right now. And um, hopefully we'll have more information about that in uh, the coming months or by the end of the year. Again, these things take time to get the actual photographer to come forward is going to be a big feat in itself. But uh, we were able to track at least one of these photographers down. So stay tuned. Well, that, that's definitely big news. That's a big tease for 23. And and really, it's it speaks to kind of reducing the stigma of of this of reporting phenomena, because, you know, I, I do think that a lot of that uh, it, it is taking place in the U.S. And then hopefully through the work of of your group, it will be that stigma will be removed in the U.K. But when few people feel OK coming forward and talking about this, they're more likely to do so. And a lot has changed in the 30 years since 1990 when this was taken. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of being the American living here now, I would hope I can bridge that gap and show people throughout the United Kingdom, Europe, the world, that it's okay. It's okay to talk about these things. Many other countries embrace these phenomena and these topics. The U.S. did it for a very long time, but it seems to be changing rapidly every day so i hope other countries will follow as well yeah well there is there anything else that you want to bring up from last year or should we move into uh the into 23 we're a month in 
Yeah, we can move to 2023. Exciting times for sure. Yeah, I mean, as I said already, January 12th, there was the the annual report on the UAP that already took place. And it seems like we're already getting a couple bits of news come out in 23. What's What are you kind of uh, tapping into from what's already taken place in 23? I mean, we spoke a little bit off air about it, but what's kind of... What's kind of got your interest? There's a few, you know, um, I, I know there's one we'll talk about with our mutual colleague, Jeremy Corbell, who released something recently. Uh, but there was another big story that came out a couple weeks ago, actually, where in uh, San Marino, of all places, uh, this group is working there uh, to to try to get San Marino to be the first kind of um official and unofficial country region territory to uh bring ufos to the united nations again to bring this entire investigation global uh this happened back in 1973 when people like jacques valet j allen hynek uh lee spiegel the investigative journalist out of new york brought ufos to the u.n uh, to have it be taken seriously and to say we, the United Nations, should be looking at this topic globally. Uh, we're now seeing a push for that right now with a program called Project Titan. And this is being, um, you know, kind of spearheaded or uh, I guess even cheerleaded by the former Pentagon UFO program director, Luis Elizondo. Uh, so we're now seeing this happen too. UFOs are possibly going to the united nations again for the first time in a very long time yeah it's it's huge it's something that yeah hasn't happened in my lifetime and it's but it's also about time like and again further yeah. reduces destigmatizes this topic but also it's i think the people saying we have to talk about this. Like we have to talk about this on a global scale and, and you know, the world community such as it is has to come together and at least acknowledge this on some level. Yeah, man. I mean, can you imagine just one piece of the technology of one of these UFOs could like change humanity? So why wouldn't we want to try to understand these phenomena instead of just brushing it away and moving on? Why not embrace it? So I, I think it's cool, you know, and and go San Marino of all. You would never expect somewhere yeah. like there to kind of light the flame to get this thing going. So I think it's pretty cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about what you mentioned. Um, yes, uh, UFO researcher Jeremy Corbell and then George Knapp, journalist. They have this new podcast, Weaponized. And just the, I think, I just the other day uh yeah, today yesterday. yesterday yeah yeah they dropped this photo captured in iraq and uh, what, what do you, tell us what they what they said that they had captured and why this is something that we should even be exploring this is interesting and forgive me you know it is a breaking story so yeah. i'm not completely caught up on it yet um, I'm hopefully going to talk to Jeremy soon about it. But this was a case that was brought to him uh, by members of the original UAP task force, this group that was around before Arrow came about. Uh, they came out with the preliminary assessment on UAP. Uh, I believe you and I talked about uh, when that dropped back in 2021, I think it was. Um, and they, for some reason, and Jeremy could admit this, they they like him and they like giving him stuff. So they gave Jeremy access to some of these cases that they looked at and said, we don't know what this is. And what one of these we don't know what this is, is was a um, four second, I believe it was, video caught from a, uh, a spy plane in Iraq, a United States spy plane of some sort of anomaly in Iraq, in a combat zone of all places, uh, this spherical, metallic-looking object that apparently moved at ridiculous speeds, unlike any conventional aircraft, and just zipped past, and this camera just happened to, to capture it. 
so yeah, that's honestly um, all I really know about it at this point. I'm sure within the next few days, we're going to get a lot more context and data and information. Uh, and I know Jeremy will hold himself to that. So uh, I'm looking forward to whatever comes to this. And it's only the beginning. This new podcast he has with George Knapp, I've heard that they've, they're sitting on a lot of this stuff. And they're going to release it bit and parcel so that we can all kind of look at it, debate, and hopefully come up with some answers and maybe even help the government explain some of this stuff. Who knows? Yeah, this metallic sphere, it was, yeah, it was captured in Mosul. And mm-hmm. uh, as you said, it was, they released a still from this four second video clip captured in April 2016. It's this, this orb, like this metallic orb put this into context have we seen this kind of shape and craft before where does this where does a metallic orb fit within the most often reported shapes of uap it's it's up there you know i think the most common ufos reported are orbs uh first of all uh usually of light you know, we have these sort of translucent orange, yellow, red orbs that people report, which could have a thousand different explanations. But when you're talking a solid structure, a metallic orb, uh, that is something manufactured. By what? By who? We we don't know. Um, so I can say it's not that commonly reported, to be completely honest. So it is highly anomalous. And again, you know, while we have spy drones, spy planes over in other countries doing that, uh, who else is? And could this possibly be theirs? It's troubling to think of that. You know, this advanced technology that clearly the U.S. cannot explain uh, is more advanced than anything we have. Whose is it? And what purpose does it serve? So uh, troubling, exciting, cool, scary, everything. Now, we mentioned earlier that with this new report that's going to be coming out in 2024, they are going to be looking at uh, sightings going back to 1945. Now, that is noteworthy because Jacques Vallée has this book out, this Trinity book, um, and he talks about this 1944 or 1945 avocado shaped sighting. And it is called, you know, he, the people are referring to it as Roswell before Roswell. What do you know about this? And, and is this, is this a ongoing story in 2023 that you think is going to be pretty important? I think so. Uh, this is a case that Arrow has already admitted they're going to be looking at. So that's huge. Um, you know, Trinity is is one of those cases. I had Jacques Vallée on the Someone in the Skies podcast maybe a few months ago to talk about this case. And honestly, man, I didn't know much about it prior to that interview, but I was just like glued to the screen listening to this, like, this icon of ufology talk about this case that he investigated. And... Um, and the witnesses he was able to find that were actually there firsthand saw this avocado-shaped craft that crashed in the Trinity test site, we should mention too, you know, where the first atomic bomb was detonated is where this UFO supposedly crashed. So you've got that whole nuclear connection going on again. And, uh, you know, Jacques is one of those people that a lot of people put stock into. Uh, his cre- credibility is paramount when it comes to ufology and the fact that he's still pursuing this case, I dude's in his eighties at this point and he still is chasing after it. Uh, it, it gives me hope. And the fact that the department of defense is now looking at the case, maybe he'll finally get some answers to it. And maybe the witnesses who actually were a part of this will get answers too. And that's all you can ask for. Yeah. And there was, he has three witnesses, I believe that he speaks to or yes is there more? i i i think there was three there's uh, two I, I kids two children yeah. i think and then and this this craft it actually made contact right with a tower like it it didn't it yeah it, it, it crashed something? into something yeah yeah 
Very yeah. old school, kind of like the uh, Texas Aurora UFO case back in the 1800s. I feel like this avocado thing hit like a windmill or something. Mm-hmm. I could be getting my cases mixed up. But, uh, no, it, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. It bent. It, I think it like bent some sort of tower or something when it hit it. Like so. So we have that's that. That's force. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That that's that's one that I'm pretty interested in seeing more from, especially because now this report is going to be going back and looking at it. Um, And then we we have politicians coming out and speaking about this, uh, not just in a congressional panel, but on an individual basis, making the rounds uh, on on news news programs and whatnot. Uh, And I'm specifically talking about the the representative Tim Burchett from Tennessee, what's he saying? And, and what are your thoughts about it? He's a nice guy. I I personally spoken to Tim Um, again, no matter what side of the aisle you find yourself on um, representatives on both sides are uh, fed up with the way the government has handled this for a very long time. And what is really funny is after that UFO congressional hearing where not a lot came to light, a lot of you know, a lot of stonewalling, a lot of whitewashing going on during that that travesty, as many people called it, or a nothing burger. They interviewed Tim Perchett directly after that thing, and he was furious. He's like, I know for a fact they're covering up this stuff. And he's saying that today. You know, when this current or yeah, this recent UAP release came out, UAP report, he stands behind that. He said it's cover up, trust me. Things we saw in the classified hearing completely would blow your mind. Um, so, again, you know, uh, Tim's his own person, as is every other congressional member. They have their own beliefs. They have their own um, values, their own motivations. And um, we're seeing that from all ends. You've got Senator Gillibrand, a Democrat in New York. You've got Tim Burchett. You've got um, uh, many others. Galejo. um Who's the other one there? I'm forgetting all their names. But yes, a lot of people on both sides of the aisle getting involved. So why? Um, They probably have their own reasons. But at the end of the day, I think they're just curious like we are. They want to know what's going on and where our taxpayer money is going to. Well, and Burchett went so far as to say not just cover up, but he he is either certain or he believes that there has been an actual craft obtained and some material that is of unknown origin not of this earth right yeah i mean we've heard these rumors and legends for years of crash retrievals that the u.s government has recovered not just roswell but many other crashes of unknown aircraft as well and um look if Burchett's speaking from a a place of actual knowledge that is uh, that is explosive. Um, or are these just stories he heard? Welcome to ufology. I mean, that's, you know, 99% of what we deal with is just stories. But when there are documented cases such as Trinity, such as Roswell, where things have crashed, things have been recovered, we just don't know what they are, um, there is a reality to that. So, um, you know, I, I wish him luck. I, I I just hope the men in black don't show up at his door because uh, <laughs> we need him fighting that good fight again. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. We need people like him holding them to the fire. Yeah. What other what other stories are you looking for in 23? Any predictions, any hopes, anything that you're kind of tracking? It's going to be the year of science, I think. I, I honestly believe that with this NASA study going on. Um, You've also got uh, the astrophysicist Avi Loeb, who is working with Harvard University, where he teaches or has taught, uh, working on the Galileo project, which is kind of a um, almost like a spinoff of SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, while SETI looks for radio waves or, or, um, you know, signatures like that in space of possible aliens or, or something out there. Avi Loeb is hell-bent on finding these things called techno-signatures. So we're not talking radio waves or, um, you know, communication so much, but actual, you know, things, artifacts on planets, on moons, things that could be considered uh, 
technologically advanced, whether it's pollution, whether it's um, power or energy. He wants to look for these types of things that could also explain what's going on out there. And is there other, are there other intelligences out there? So you have the Galileo project gearing up for a lot of stuff this year when it comes to a scientific exploration of the skies. Uh, you've got things like this group UAPX, another group out there that's investigating UFOs and trying to explain them scientifically. You've even got SCU, the Scientific Coalition of UAP Studies. So um, again, most of these things are civilian funded. It's passionate people outside of the government looking at this topic and just trying to find answers. So the year of science, Aaron, I think is uh, what we're looking at when it comes to UFOs and maybe some answers. And for Somewhere in the Skies, the podcasts, uh, what were some of the highlights from 2022? And then what can you tease about what you've got on deck for 23? Oh, man. You know, it, it was a good year over at the podcast. I uh, I was able to talk to some some luminaries, both in the UFO world and uh, and just heroes of mine. You, re- you mentioned uh, Reggie Watts, you know, someone's career I've been following for a really long time. And Many of your viewers and listeners might know, like, he's the guy who asked two former U.S. presidents about UFOs. And uh, when when I saw those segments with Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, I'm like, I got to I got to talk to this guy. So I was able to finally track him down and get him on the show. And we just had like this mind blowing conversation about UFOs, consciousness, music, everything in between. Um, so that was definitely a highlight of the year. Um like I mentioned, Jacques Vallée was on the show. Um, just so many amazing academics, scholars, uh, artists, people in all walks of life just coming on the show and talking about their thoughts and theories on UFOs. Not, you know, trying to answer the question, but um, add some more layers to the question, I think. So, yeah, yeah, it was an exciting year and um a lot more to come in in terms of uh, guests coming on the show this year. Any you can tease? Um, let's see. Uh, well, I, I did have, and I know you've spoken to him in the past as well, another person, celebrity, who's really interested in UFOs, Mr. Uh, Reese Darby. You know, our, our flag means death. I finally sat down and watched the show. Absolutely loved it. Um, had the pleasure, like you, of speaking to him a couple of years ago, uh, but we were long overdue for a catch-up, so um, I did just confirm with him that he's going to be coming back on the show to talk about a lot of the stuff you and I talked about tonight, what what happened last year, what's going on this year, and, um, you know, he's been a busy guy. That That show is one of the biggest shows on television right now, so he hasn't really been able to sit down and look at a lot of the UFO stuff, so... I'm going to give him a crash course for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is great. I, uh, he's, he's, I've been fortunate to have him on a couple times and just a delight. Someone whose work I respect as far as he's a great comedian and actor, but also just knows his stuff. Just, you know, and yeah. he's, he's a delight to talk to about all sorts of weirdness. I mean, that's a that's an interesting segue because I was going to say anything within the pop culture realm of UFO, UAP, aliens in general for this year that you're looking forward to? Yeah, there was this movie that just came out this past week, I think it was. Uh, It's called Kids vs. Aliens. Um, Really, it looks really cool, really dark, really funny. Um, And it's actually by the guy who um, created that Vice show, Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, you know, about the WWE and kind of darker aspects to the wrestling world. Uh, but he also, if, if you might remember, made a short a short film in that VHS horror series. And I think it was called like Abduct Slumber Party Abduction, um, where these kids get abducted by aliens during a slumber party. Terrifying. Um, and I actually was able to talk to him on this found footage ufo episode i did about found footage films about alien abductions got to interview him and um i saw that he actually expanded the short film into a feature film that just came out this past week called kids vs aliens so i highly recommend people check it out um he he's a very passionate filmmaker and a very passionate ufo researcher as well he knows his stuff and uh 
yeah, that's coming up. Um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some documentaries coming out this year from James Fox, the filmmaker who brought us the phenomenon and the, uh, the recent film, uh, about the, uh, Brazil UFO crash that happened back in the nineties, uh, moment of contact. So maybe looking back a little, I highly suggest people look at that, those documentaries from this past year. Yeah. I, I don't, it's not coming out this year, but, uh, at the tail end of last year, we got news that Barack and Michelle Obama's uh, Higher Ground Productions are taking on the Betty and Barney Hill story, uh, yes. and I think they're going. I think it's called tentatively White Mountains, and that was just, of course, you know, James Earl Jones was in the early uh, movie about Betty and Barney Hill, but just so significant that the Obamas are treading into this territory and, and Crazy. looking at the Hill story. Yep. And we're also getting a, a project blue book comic book. Uh, you just reminded me of that. Sorry to interrupt you there, man. Um, by James Tinian, very famous comic book writer is coming out with a project blue book comic book this year through dynamite comics. So crazy. It's crazy how this topic ebbs and flows throughout pop culture yeah although i think we're now i i don't think it's going away i don't i don't think it's receding i think that it is here and and we're living in it and and people are just more fascinated than ever because i just i think popular opinion that the the there's been a shift and people tend to think yeah there is there is more out there absolutely man i couldn't ask for a better time to be living in as a ufo researcher because the past was not the same and who knows what the future will bring but right now man i'm just riding this wave of ufos being you know the thing and the government taking it seriously and the world taking it seriously so i feel very honored to be even just a small part of that and um and yeah, I, I think it's exciting times for people like you and I. Yeah. Well, uh, Ryan, how can everybody support your work and keep up with all that you do? Oh, thanks, man. Well, again, you can always look at our work at UAP Media. Uh, that's UAPmedia.uk. Uh, and also uh, the podcast Somewhere in the Skies is every Monday. Uh, drops on all the places, Apple, Spotify, you name it. It's there. And, um, oh, Ancient Aliens. I'm on the current season of Ancient Aliens that just started. Um, it's not even so much ancient anymore. They should just call it Aliens. We're up to, like, the Pentagon stuff. Um, season 19. So um, you can catch me on that as well. So everything I do is at somewhereintheskies.com. All right. Well, my guest is Ryan Sprague. He's been, and, and Somewhere in the Skies is a great podcast you need to check out. And uh, he's a hell of a nice guy. He's a good friend. And I'm happy to see all the successes that you're enjoying, Ryan. And so we'll have to have Me you too, back. Buddy. Yeah. Well, we got to do this again, man. Uh, when, when more news breaks and uh, you want to talk about some other weirdness. And, um, and in the meanwhile, I hope you enjoy your Scottish life that you are now <laughs> experiencing. It's a great place Thank to be. You. I, <laughs> you like my plaid, my plaid uh, curtains here. I thought that was as Scottish as I'm, I'm getting before I get my kilt that, yeah. that's coming next. And then yeah. I'll officially be a resident of Scotland. So you, you're no, on man, your way. <laughs> it's a pleasure and honor. Um, you've been a big inspiration to me uh, throughout the year. So um, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate it. Again, Ryan Sprague, and uh, this has been Talking Strange. And if you guys have stories you'd like to share of the strange and unusual, email us at talkingstrange at denageek.com. And until next time, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at 
Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content. <laughs>